Welcome to the Biz and Tech Podcast. My name is Blake Dowling. I'm the CEO of Aegis Business Technologies here in Tallahassee, Florida. Today, we're joined by Monica Casey from WCTV. Welcome to the show. Thank you. I'm happy to be here. Awesome. Before we get started, today's tech tip is to please be careful out there. Cybersecurity incidents are rampant. Email attacks, phishing schemes, gift card schemes, it's a lot. It's a lot to take in. If you don't have two-factor authentication, a robust password, think about spending some time on your cybersecurity footprints. So, Monica, welcome to the show. Glad you're here. We've had the chance to collaborate on a lot of news items over the years. Uh, glad you could join us. Tell us about uh, yourself and what you're up to these days at WCTV. Yes, so I am a Monday through Friday reporter at WCTV, and I cover city and county government and politics. So um, my title is technically the Capital City Correspondent. It just means reporter. So <laughs> I'm doing that uh, Monday through Friday. I've had some really fun opportunities to fill in on the weekend, doing some anchoring, which has been fun. Um, that's one of the things I love about the station and the job is we all get to wear different hats every every day absolutely and so filling in um, and get someone else the day off which you know is always nice to help out a co-worker so things have been pretty busy this spring though as things are reopening um, those local government meetings are back in person so I'm spending a lot of time in city hall and in the courthouse like I used to pre-pandemic so right, right. it feels good to be getting somewhat back to normal so you're the legislative session uh, reporter also? Um, so actually, we contract with Capital News Service. So you may have seen Mike Vasilinda. He's lived in Tallahassee right, for right. longer than I have been alive in a positive <laughs> way. That I mean that in a good way. Um, and so he is our legislative session reporter. But what's great is Mike does what we call a talk back in our 530 newscast um, mm -hmm. with our anchors. They ask him usually three questions about what's new that day. And I actually film that talk back for him. So I kind of get the inside look from okay. Mike, what he doesn't say on TV, you know, what he thinks is uh, important that he says on TV. And it's it's a great uh, inside look into the session for someone who maybe like me doesn't cover it every day. Well, all eyes were definitely on Florida the past 13 months during the pandemic and now as the vaccination process rolls out. So uh, let's dive in. We did a collaboration on e-scooters. So before we get to pandemic talk, Let's talk about e-scooters. So yeah. uh, we did the story. What are you, st you still seeing them out there? Because I had one in my yard for like six months <laughs> and I kept moving it and it kept coming back. I think someone was pranking me. I know what's going on now. It but, was actually um, me. I, I, it was me. <laughs> <laughs> That's perfect follow-up to the story. Um, I do still see them around. I have to say I have not ridden one. Um, I do not have the best balance or coordination. And in my last job when I was a morning reporter in Virginia, we actually had a similar story where we had e-scooters come to the town of Harrisonburg where I was working. And I did what we call a stand-up, which is when you see the reporter on camera talking, not right. live, but recorded. And I was trying to be creative driving the e-scooter, or riding it rather, uh, into the camera and out of frame. And it took me an hour and a half. I could not go 10 feet on this thing. Um, I think they're a little more difficult than they look. <laughs> well, I see your vision with that. Uh, I, can, I can see it happening, but it happens sometimes. There awesome. is there is a blooper reel out there of me repeatedly falling off. I'll make sure I get that to you. <laughs> <laughs> That's great. I do see them uh, on campus and uh, with a lot of young people. I also fall in the uh, can't stand up uh, category. So awesome. All right, well, on to more serious subject matter. 
So during the pandemic, um, protests, the pandemic itself, long care facilities, what story did you work on that was, um, that you thought was really important, um, or just really intense? Tell us about it. Cause you were there on the front lines. We all lived it together, but you had to tell the story every day for all those months about what was going on. So what was that like? It has definitely been exhausting, I will say, and it helps to have other reporters who are covering the same things nationwide. Um, You know, I belong to a bunch of Facebook groups and I have friends who work in other cities. Um, Here, a lot of what I covered was government response to the pandemic. Um, And the local governments here put a lot of money on the table for businesses and nonprofits and rental assistance. Um, And, you know, I sat through quite a few five plus hour meetings with commissioners trying to decide how they were going to create these programs. Um, But I also had to connect with the businesses who were hoping for that funding to stay afloat. And um, I think it was really difficult to see these small businesses who had, um, you know, built from the ground up, just be leveled by the pandemic. And there are so many other parts of the pandemic, you know, the the things healthcare workers went through. You mentioned long-term care facilities. Um, I saw a lot more of the economic impact of that. Um, And so that was... That was difficult to see, but the kind of silver lining of that was that the funding was available for those businesses, which was nice to see that collaboration between government and the private sector on that, helping people stay in their commercial properties for a couple extra months while being shut down. So that is most of what I did during the pandemic was a little bit more economically focused. Awesome. Well, it was certainly um, a time like we've never seen before. And I was going back the other day looking at some of the columns I wrote uh, in the early part of the pandemic just for a project that I'm working on on the side. And, you know, the unknown of uh, April and May and June, it was uh, it was an interesting time, like I said. So thank you for all that coverage. You and Katie and everyone at WCTV do an outstanding job. We appreciate you. So how did you get into this line of work? What led you to reporting? Was there a calling from kindergarten on and said, I will report the news from Red Rover to (laughs) snack time? (laughs) Or was it later in life? Or was it accidental? You know, it's always a fun question to ask people. How did you get to where you are? It's a little bit of all of those. I do have a good story. Um, um, Growing up, both of my parents worked full time. And so when summer came around, my brother and I would be at all different kinds of summer camps and stuff like that. But there would always be a week or two where we'd end up in mom or dad's office. Um, My dad was a prosecutor um, in the local county, one over from where we lived. And this was at a time, uh, I won't I won't tell you my age, I, I grew up in the internet age, but there was still a typewriter in this office. Um, all the attorneys did have computers, but... Is that what they call it? Internet age? Yes, I th- I, I'm, I've decided that's what I'm going to go with. I think I grew up pre-internet age. <laughs> yes, so I was, I was right in the sweet spot. We got a computer and internet at home when I was in seventh grade, I think. But this is when I was did six or seven. Did it make a funny seven. noise? It did. Yeah. Oh, it was dial-up. Yep. Okay. <laughs> but when I was six or seven, we... Uh, 
you know, to keep me out of their hair, all the attorneys were like, we got to entertain Monica somehow. And they, they would give me newspapers. And from the newspaper, I would write my own on the typewriter using those headlines and creating my own stories um, from what was in the paper. And my dad got lunch at the same place every day. It was called the Caprice Cafe. Nice. And he would bring me with him and I would have pancakes for lunch every day. My poor mom, you know, probably not thrilled with me coming home with all that sugar. But the cafe would put up the newspaper that I wrote on the bulletin board every day that I was there. Um, so that was celeb. Yeah. <laughs> so that cool. was my work being up for the first time. And I won't say that I was hooked on it from then on, but in college, I knew I wanted to major in English. I really love to read. Mm -hmm. um, and they had a new major called media studies. And I thought, huh, that, that could work well with English. And so I double majored in those two, did a bunch of internships in college and really just fell in love with kind of the adrenaline rush uh, of news. I'm not really an adrenaline junkie, but I've found uh, that fulfillment in doing something new every day. I agree with you. I was reading something by uh, Pat Dooley, who's a sports writer in Gainesville who just retired. And he was trying to sum up what it was like to be, you know, in the news. And he's like, you know what? It's writing something and publishing it. It's just seeing what people think about it. Yeah. You know, a lot of people, oh, you stink, Pat. But, you know, the ones that you've got to take the good with the bad, right? Yes. <laughs> but the ones that say, you know, that was really interesting. You're, you really opened my eyes to that. I've been writing um, for 10 years now for FlutterPolitics.com and The Democrats, so I get it. It's fun. It's fun to share a message. Like I was talking about cybersecurity earlier, you know, I preach that message every day whenever I can, but um, mm -hmm. to share stories of people in our community, that's awesome. Yeah. So you mentioned, um, you know, covering politics. Who's, who's an interesting figure in local government that, um, that you've enjoyed working with, interviewing, whether a commissioner or our mayor. You know our mayor is a juggler, like literally a juggler. Do you know that fun fact? <laughs> Knowing the mayor, that does not surprise me at all. I could definitely see him juggling. <laughs> and I um, kind of jumped the gun throwing his name out there. So apologies. <laughs> but uh, just curious. I, you know... Talking to the commissioners is very interesting because they all have such different backgrounds. A mm -hmm. lot of the time when I reach out to a commissioner for an interview, um, you know, different commissioners have different ways of doing it. Some prefer you to go through their chief of staff maybe or their aide. And so I interact with that group of people a lot as well. But one thing that I really appreciate is the diversity in our local government. Um, mm -hmm. You have people of all ages, all races, um, all genders. And... I really appreciate that coming from, um, I am of a generation that maybe isn't uh, represented in local government just yet. Uh, I'll mm -hmm. tell you, I'm, I'm 25, so, you know, I'm, there are not a lot of 25-year-olds in office you just yet. You internet age people. <laughs> and I, I just, I really value seeing their different opinions, and I'm, I see it even in work that I do with meetings. Sometimes I think a vote is going to go one way, and it goes completely the opposite, and commissioners are on different sides that I didn't expect. And so I think you know, they have such a wealth of knowledge and such a wide variety of opinions on different topics. Mm -hmm. um, I feel more educated every time that I go to those meetings, you know, maybe a little more tired and frustrated at the end of them too, depending on how long they go. But you mentioned five hours. Yeah. That's a little much. <laughs> yeah. Awesome. So uh, outside of the workplace, the pandemic brought us all into uncharted territory. Did you pick up any new hobbies um, in the 13 months? You mentioned not taking a day off, so perhaps uh, <laughs> hobbies didn't come up. But um, 
What did you do with your time during the pandemic? Um, I reconnected with some old hobbies. Um, I grew up playing piano and taking piano lessons. And um, in college, there were pianos you could basically rent. They, they weren't mobile. You could rent a room with a piano and play. That's fun. Now, where did you and go to school? I went to the University of Virginia. Okay, so, awesome. Yeah, so a little further north than here, a little cooler. <laughs> My cousin went to school there so uh, he's a rabid basketball fan so we always oh, text yes. often during uh, march madness they they break early, my heart early and then exit they mend this it. year yes yes well, i went I to mean, florida so we had a right. very early exit also yes um but i i actually uh bought a piano um at the start of the pandemic it's something i said i was going to do over and over and i was kind of like you know I'm just going to do this. And I've really been able to play so much more often. Now, I do live in an apartment complex, so I set a time for myself. I don't play after 8 p.m. because there are some kids, and I don't want to wake anybody because it is a full-on piano, not a keyboard, not not a grand or anything, a little That's upright. Very nice but nice uh, <laughs> not to wake the neighborhood. Yes, I, I you know, my, my college days of keeping people up in different apartments with loud noises are behind me. I, I try. I try. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, and so, and the other uh, hobby that I've got into is, is walking. I just joke around that I'm a little old lady walking with my podcast in my ear. Um, but I've gotten into podcasts and get mm-hmm. just trying to get outside a lot more. And I think that's something a lot of people have felt during the pandemic. I think a lot of us felt safer maybe spending more time uh, outside and distance from people. And I've loved, um, I mean, I, I would say if I had to live through a pandemic, there's nowhere I'd rather live than Tallahassee and Leon County with all of our green space and our ability to keep that distance from each other a little bit. Um, yeah. Still plenty to do. You know, we missed the events, but there's so much to see here. So um, that's kind of my my new and old hobby. Well, the events are coming back. I yeah. attended uh, TCC's Cleaver and Cork recently with uh, Chef Jeffrey Zakarian. And uh, it was a full house. You know, they checked temperature at the door and mm-hmm. all that sort of thing. But uh, I, that was actually the last event I went to in 2020. Okay. In early March. And then the first one this year. Um, FSU opening nights is cranking along. We're going to go check out Edwin McCain as he performs at the moon in a couple weeks. So that's going to be fun. Uh, back to the home front. So if you're like... Jeannie and I, you um, you might order a lot of to-go food. What do you think has, who do you think has the best to-go food in Tallahassee, Florida? Because you mentioned it's the best place to live because of the green space, but the food options, if you really dive into it, which we certainly have in the past 13 months, yes. what would you see out there? I have a I have a few different favorites, so I'll I'll give you a couple because I don't I don't want to pick one favorite. <laughs> oh, fair enough. Fair um, enough. I love a good Midtown Caboose burger. Um, some, Absolutely. You know, a Friday night. I never want to cook on a Friday. It's like my own rule. You're for our myself. neighbor to the office, right? So I'm a little partial to. Oh, that. I would I would eat that a lot. But I um, for dinner I would say Midtown Caboose. Um, mm. And I will say I think they're uh, you know we always say the one thing you don't want to warm up is fries, but their fries keep well and they're to go. I give them kudos on that. Because because there is nothing worse than cold, gross fries. But the yes. fries are hot when they get to my door, which I appreciate. <laughs> and then I love um, Soto, actually, which is also right by your office. Oh, we're surrounded. Waterburger, um, Soto, oh, yeah. Taco Republic. It's, it's a rough neighborhood. <laughs> my eyes are bigger than my stomach at Soto, and I almost always get an avocado toast and a donut. And so mm-hmm. I make it through the toast, and then I have the donut the next day. But it's still good the next day. So they have very good to go as well. Excellent. Uh I worked a little bit with Second Harvest during the pandemic. Your station did a wonderful job covering their efforts as they served such a noble purpose in our community during the pandemic. 
what sort of charities in your free time uh, do you like to engage in, uh, support, that sort of thing? I really appreciate the work that 211 Big Bend does. Um, they have such a variety of services. and They, they really do. And it's, it's amazing. I know that they partnered with Lyft to get people rides during the pandemic. They were even doing that to get people to vaccine appointments. Um, but they also deal with a lot of mental health issues in their work. And that's something that's very important to me. Personally, I helped start a chapter of uh, NAMI, the National Alliance on Mental Illness, in college. Um, and it's something that I am able to engage in with work and mm -hmm. also keep up with in my free time a little bit, keeping an eye on things. And I just, I really appreciate the work that that, that, um, that nonprofit does. Good for you. Um, Matt Thompson from Madison Social was sitting in that chair last month as our guest. Mm -hmm. And he actually said, you know, mental health is not something I ever thought about. Yeah. And in the pandemic, you know, it was something that he had to deal with and his staff. And I think the world was a little, especially my generation, the pre-internet age, you know, mental health is not something that our parents said, oh, make sure you're taking care of you, you know, and all of these modern sayings um, and ideologies. Mm -hmm. and it's important. Uh, it's important that people are focusing on that because you never know when someone's hurting. And uh, kudos to you for... Uh, that initiative. Awesome. So what would, um, what would surprise our listeners and watchers to know about Monica Casey? Hmm. That is a good question. <laughs> I like to ask that in business interviews for jobs because people do that exact answer. Hmm. Cause like, what do I say? Well, I have a tattoo of a unicorn <laughs> on my neck. Um, I enjoy skydiving. I have a Harley, you know, you get all these answers that, yeah. are, that are surprising. So, you know, the, the question is pretty is what it is. Um, I don't know that this would really surprise people. Maybe people realize this when they talk to me, but I am such a nerd. Um, you know, that used to be an, an insult in middle school. I feel like it's become a little more of a compliment. Not necessarily trying to compliment myself, but I just love to learn. And it's one of the reasons that I wanted to do this job because I really do learn something new every day. But aside from work, I love history. Um, I love reading. I spend a lot of time reading. That's one thing the pandemic let me do even more of, but I'm usually reading a, a book or two a week. Um, I would much prefer reading than sitting down in front of the TV. And even though my job deals with obviously current events, um, I really love learning about history. And so uh, I have an uncle who's an Irish history professor. He's fascinating to talk to. My dad is a big uh, president buff. So nice. there are all kinds of different things to learn about. And so I would definitely say just... I, I can, uh, I think the phrase is nerd out. <laughs> so I can definitely nerd out over uh, ancient Rome or ancient Egypt or World War II. I just, I find different times and the way people lived during them really fascinating. Yeah, I agree. Although I'm more of a nerd purist. You know, I like science fiction shows, <laughs> Star Trek, Star Wars, bring it on. Uh, but on the history front, I just read a book about uh, the V2 rockets that Germany we're launching at England towards the end of World War II mm -hmm. and how people lived and not just an air raid, but instant destruction. Yeah. You know, not a plane coming in that you could hear. Fascinating read. Did you ever see uh, the movie Jojo Rabbit, World War II film? I have not. It has been recommended to me by a lot of people. Are you, are you joining that list? I will recommend it. <laughs> it uh, you know, it's a World War II period piece, but it's fascinating from a kid's perspective. Okay. Because, you know, all stories are told from the war that I read, you know, with few exceptions. 
um, about the adult perspective, whether they're fighting in the war or they're back home or whatever it is, working in a factory or driving a tank. But this is the kid, you know, and he has an imaginary friend, and we'll leave it at that. All right. Okay, cool. <laughs> All right. Well, um, any closing thoughts today as we move on into vaccinations and more news coverage and more technology excitement in the world of 2021? What can you leave us with today? Um, I wanted to go back to your your opening tip about cybersecurity and two-factor authentication. That sure. was something I very recently just turned on. Social media is a big part of our jobs. And as as fun as it can be to Instagram my donut from Soto, um, you know, I'm also <laughs> posting my news stories on there. And I don't want anyone else to hack that account or anything. And, you know, I do think you might have more thoughts on this, but it might only get bigger from here on out. The importance of social media, there are entire jobs dedicated to it. So I would definitely agree with you. Uh, change your passwords, get a good password. Robust. And the idea <laughs> yes. of a phrase as a password, you know, the old ideology of uh, make sure you change it every 30 days. Whereas now people say, don't, don't change it ever. Just make sure it's four, you know, four lines, like 25 mm -hmm. characters. Like, okay. So you can email me for more questions on that, but you're absolutely right. Yeah. Uh, especially someone in, in the news you know, when the mayor of Tampa's Twitter account was hacked a couple of years ago, hopefully that was a wake up call to everyone that puts anything on social media. Yes. That it needs to be secure. So, and well done. Your social media is great. Thank you. Excellent. Excellent. <laughs> excellent a lot Instagram coming post from, from, you. From, the, um, from the governor's club. I love that vantage point. That's cool. Thank you. <laughs> well, thank you, Monica, for joining us today. Uh, appreciate you all listening and watching the Biz and Tech podcast. Next month, we'll be joined by Sally Bradshaw, who owns Midtown Reader here in our community. A wonderful spot. We'll hear about her background and how she got started in the book business. That's it for today. We're signing off. Make sure to check out the WCTV team, Monica, and everyone there. They do a great job with the news. I'm Blake. See you next time. Adios. Adios.